We did it! We made it, folks! Welcome to Fin It to Win It, Emergency Podcast, Episode 2.5. And the deed is done. Ryan Tannehill is no longer a member of the Miami Dolphins. He's been traded to the Tennessee Titans, along with a sixth-round pick this year for this year's seventh-round pick and a 2024th-round pick. In addition to the trade, Miami is paying $5 million of Ryan Tannehill's salary this year. So pretty much they're paying him to go away. Sounds about right, doesn't it? Well, hold on. Let's pump the brakes here. I think there's one thing that we do need to do before we throw the dirt on Tannehill's grave as a member of the Miami Dolphins. We need to say thank you. Uh, Ryan played seven years in Miami. And whether you were a fan of his, whether you thought he wasn't good enough, the fact of the matter is this. Ryan Tannehill came into the Miami Dolphins organization, and he provided stability and consistency and was an average starting quarterback in the NFL until his knee got torn. And that really brought the whole thing off the rails. And uh, Ryan will go down as the third best passer in franchise history. Uh, He's third in franchise history in yards. Touchdowns, wins, sacks. He's 22 sacks away from the franchise record. And he played one-third of the amount of games that Dan Marino did. And Dan holds the record. So some of that, that blame has to go to the offensive line. Some of that blame has to go to Ryan Tannehill. Ryan infamously was a quarterback that did not operate all that well within the pocket and didn't have a good feel for rush and how to avoid it. And uh, it shows when you look at, he had less than 3,000 pass attempts. Dan had 8,300 pass attempts. And Ryan was sacked 22 less times, despite only taking about one-third of the pass attempts during his career with the Dolphins. Uh, But Ryan, tough dude. Very tough player. Um, Gave his all. He was... You know, he had his critics within the locker room as well, it seems. Uh, Olivier Vernon certainly made that clear over the course of the week with uh, him speaking up and in, in defending that uh, Robert Quinn certainly deserves to be on the team longer than Ryan Tannehill, and ironically, Olivier was right. So when I think about Ryan's tenure, it's easy to get caught up in the fact that he wasn't good enough. But the fact was... If you think about the names, I wrote about this at Dolphins Wire, uh, USA Today Dolphins website that I'm the lead manager and editor of. Jay Fiedler, A.J. Feely, Brian Greasy, Ray Lucas, Damon Hewitt, Sage Rosenfels, Gus Farratt, Joey Harrington, Dante Culpepper, Trent Green, John Beck, Cleo Lemon, Pat White, Chad Henney, Tyler Thigpen, J.P. Losman, Chad Pennington, Matt Moore. Those are the names between the time that Dan retired and Ryan was drafted, those were the names that took snaps for the Miami Dolphins in that time span. Four of those guys managed to, over the course of their entire career of the Dolphins, throw for more than 3,000 yards. The Chads, Pennington and Henny, 
Matt Moore, and Jay Fiedler. Only two of those guys managed to throw more than 30 total touchdowns across their entire career with the Dolphins. Chad Henney at 31, and Jay Fiedler was 66. The only quarterbacks on that list to win 10 starts with the Dolphins. Chad Pennington, 12-8. and 8, Chad Henney, 13-18. and 18, And Jay Fiedler, 36-23. and 23. So yeah, it's easy to throw dirt on Tannehill and say good riddance because you weren't good enough to take us to the next level. But Ryan was the first guy out of that entire list who made you expect more. I remember years, shoot, I remember the the Joey Harrington years and the Dante Culpepper experience and the tragedy, the Greek tragedy that was John Beck. And I remember holding my breath every single time those guys dropped back to throw the football. Because you just did not know. Chad Henning was the same way. Chad Pennington was the breath of fresh air, but we caught him on the tail end of his career, and he couldn't stay healthy. But the vast majority of that list, you were white-knuckled from the moment he took the snap on third and eight until the ball either landed in the hands of the defender or landed in the hands of the receiver. Because the consistency, the decision-making was not up to snuff. Ryan had his flaws. Ryan elevated the expectation of quarterback play here in Miami in life after death. And for that, that's his legacy. That is what I wish to say thank you to him for. Because now we can turn the page. And we can look to the future. And we can talk about that sly dog, Teddy Bridgewater. You bastard. He came in. He asked for the moon. Asked for a base salary around $16 million with guarantees on top of it to leave New Orleans. Teddy, you go enjoy holding that clipboard, brother. Because this ain't old Miami. This ain't Mike Tannenbaum's Miami Dolphins. Nobody is going to be signing a dude that's attempted... Like 30 passes in the last three years. Don't quote me on that number, but it's very small. He only had one start in the last three years. Nobody's given that guy $16 million. The Teddy Bridgewater move was one that made sense for the Dolphins if you could get him at a financially comparable rate to what he was going to play in New Orleans. Teddy wanted to double up his salary to come to Miami, where he played high school ball and grew up rooting for the Dolphins. Apparently not, because he asked for quite, quite the return to leave New Orleans. So Teddy's going back to New Orleans, and that's fine. You know, Teddy would have been Teddy would have made sense as a low risk signing. As soon as you enter that stratosphere of cash, Teddy Bridgewater is no longer a low risk signing for your football team. That's a very high risk signing, especially because you wanted multiple years of that. So the question now becomes, okay, Tyrod Taylor signed in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Teddy went back to New Orleans. They just traded Ryan Tannehill. Oh, my God, we have Jake Rudolph and Luke Falk on the roster. Who's going to play quarterback for the Dolphins next year? And i got to be completely honest with you, I do not give a single fuck who plays quarterback for the Miami Dolphins next year. I don't. And here's why. Because the 2019 season is not the season that the expectation is that the Dolphins are going to turn the corner. They've been very open about how they're going to build this thing from the ground up. 
And that doesn't mean they're purposely going to lose football games. There's a reason why they're loading up on draft capital right now. This team right now, already for 2020, has a one, a two, two threes, two fours, two fives. The three came from Juwan James leaving in free agency. The four came in the Ryan Tannehill trade. And the five came from Cam Wake leaving in free agency. I'd bet you anything this team trades back in April. I bet you anything. That's the way they play it because they want the draft capital for 2020. This is a foundational year. They're probably going to build the trenches on both sides of the football. They're going to get a cheap veteran free agent to sign. They're going to draft a quarterback in round three, round four, and they're going to take quarterback again in the first round of 2020. That's my bet. Mark it down. Mark it, mark it zero, right? It's uh, Big Lebowski. So you guys listen to this podcast, I hope you get used to movie references because there's going to be a lot of them. Today is Saturday, March 16th. I'm on the record. I think the Dolphins are trading back in April. I think that's the plan. And that's fine. And if they, you know what, they decide they want to take Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, Kyler Murray, cool. You know, just don't, don't tell me they're trading up for anything because this, this 2019 is not the target year. 2020 is the investment window to go out and invest heavily. This is the reset year. This is the evaluation year. This is the foundational year. So everybody's panicking. Who's going to play quarterback for the Dolphins? I don't care. It could be Dwayne. It could be Drew. It could be Ryan Fitzpatrick. It could be Blake Bortles. That's the other thing we got to consider. Some of these guys, Blaine Gabbert just got cut with the Tannehill trade. Miami's going to bring in guys that aren't going to compromise those 2020 comp picks. I think there's a very realistic chance that one of Blaine Gabbert or Blake Bortles is brought in from Miami. They've both been cut. As soon as you're cut, you're free bait. You can sign that guy to whatever kind of dollar figure you need to to bring him in and not worry about the ramifications on your cap and your comp picks. So in the coming days, Blake Bortles has a visit with the Rams on Monday. Today's Saturday. So give it a couple days. We'll see how that materializes. But they can't go into the season with nobody that's taking snaps because right now it's Luke Falk, Jake Rudolph. That's it. You assume a rookie's in that mix, that's fine. That's not an acceptable quarterback room because I don't think this team is deliberately trying to lose games next year. Are they trying to go out and win the Super Bowl and go balls to the wall? No. But that's fine. They need a veteran presence in that quarterback room, so they will sign one. It's just a question of when they're prompted to move and when there's a guy they feel like can give them the kind of play that they desire. And that's kind of the whole wild card here because we really don't know a lot about what this coaching staff wants in a quarterback. The only clues and breadcrumbs that we were given were from Brian Flores at the Combine talking about a couple must-have qualities. He talked about accuracy and mobility. That sound like Ryan Tannehill? No. It sound like Blake Bortles? No. That sound like Blaine Gabbert? No. So there's going to be some concessions here regardless with who they choose to go to. But I wouldn't sweat it. Don't sit here as a Dolphins fan and wring your hands about who's going to be brought in to play quarterback 
in 2019 because 2019 is not the year. It's 2020. I'm Kyle Krabs, by the way. I just rolled right into this puppy. I'm all fired up this morning with the Tannehill trade and reflecting on his time here and the legacy that I said that he left, which is he made it okay to expect more than just okay. So thank you, Ryan, and thank all of you. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Fin It to Win It. Hit subscribe. Come back and see me again. We're doing these every week. We're in a very exciting time for the Dolphins. It's a foundational build There's going to be a lot of changes. There's going to be a lot of new philosophies that you guys are going to have to adjust to versus the Dolphins of old, which was just open up the checkbook. What do we got to do? How much you want? Let's do it. Not anymore. And that's exciting. It's different. It's going to take some mental reconditioning on everyone's part. But it's still exciting. And I hope you get excited and get excited with me here on Fin It to Win It. I'm Kyle Krabs of the Draft Network and Dolphins Wire. And I'll talk with you guys again next week.